Hi, this is Jim Quick, and I have a quick update for you. I'm proud to announce my very first book, Limitless, Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, and Unlock Your Exceptional Life. This book is not only based on the latest neuroscience, it is field tested for over 28 years of working with some of the most amazing minds on our planet. Just go to LimitlessBook.com and enjoy this book. Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. Your question of today. We got a lot of people talking about limits in our Facebook group. This question is, how do you do the impossible? What is truly possible? And on this show, we are very excited to have a return guest. He's a leading expert on peak performance, award-winning journalist, founder of the Flow Research Collective, author of like a dozen plus books. We've had him on the show before on our stages talking about Rise of Superman, Stealing Fire. His new book, The Art of Impossible. Stephen Codler, thanks for coming on, buddy. Jim, it's great to be with you again. Dude, um, this this book is dense. And, you know, I was just telling you that before we started um, we started the show, and you know, our show is only twenty minutes long, and you and I are thinking like, how do we dissect this? What can we talk about? What's the, you know, we talked about a small. Is it a small eye? Is it a big eye? You know, are we, are we hardwired to, to go big? What's the, what's the whole formula here? Where do we start? So the way, the art impossible is 30 years of me literally researching those moments in time when the impossible became possible, right? That was my beat as a journalist, as an author, now as a, as a researcher. And every time I've seen that in every domain you can imagine, I've been trying to use the tools, neuroscience and psychology to figure out what the hell's going on in people's brains. Um, when they're tackling, when they're doing that, which has never been done before, right? That's the that's sort of the whole goal. And these are capital I impossible, right? And we, you know, we see them and we go, oh my God, I I don't I don't even get it. But the book is really meant, it's lessons learned from people who have done capital I impossible. Um, but it's meant to be used by anybody, as you mentioned, who are who's interested in small I impossible, those things that we think are impossible for us. This could be overcoming deep trauma, rising out of poverty, for sure, figuring out as an entrepreneur, how do you get paid to do what you love? That's a huge impossible. If you're in your early teenage years, by the way, how do I get a boyfriend or a girlfriend is often one of the first impossibles that we solve. And what I mean by impossible is, hey, there's not really a clear path between point A and point B. And statistically, if you want to become world class in whatever you do, or you know, rise out of poverty, overcome deep trauma, statistically poor odds of success. So those are small eye impossibles. And I will absolutely tell you this: two things that are important one, that I've learned in all these lessons. One, say you are interested in really going big, capital I impossible. I want to do that, which has never been done. In 30 years of studying this, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. The only way you get to capital I impossible is one small I impossible after another. What's impossible for you today? Get after that. What's in, okay? What's next? What's next? And really, we talk to everybody. 
nobody sets out to accomplish capital I impossible. They get good at accomplishing small I impossible so they almost become automatic. And capital I impossible is just what happens the next day, right? Laird Hamilton once said, people see me on a 50 foot wave, I'm 33 years old and they think, oh my God, that's impossible, I could never do that. And what they didn't see is me at three years old on a three foot wave and four years old on a four foot wave and five years old on a five foot wave. And they didn't see me last week on a 49 and a half foot wave. So they see a 50 foot wave and they think, oh my God, that's impossible. And I think, dude, you're six inches more than last week. You're not even like, what are you doing? You're not even pushing yourself. So small line possible after small line possible. The next thing that I want on this subcategory under that is peak performance. All this stuff is nothing more than getting our biology to work for us rather than against us. Mm-hmm. I have met extraordinary people who have done extraordinary things. None of them started out extraordinary. They start out like everybody else, but they have figured out how to get their biology to work for them rather than against them. And once you do that, the turbo boost is enormous. What would be an example? So people have to get their internal world to be able to meet the demands of the, of the external, the challenges that they have. What would be an example of this? Yeah, a simple example is this. We all know we have intrinsic motivation, internal motivators, right? We've heard of them. We know curiosity, passion, purpose. What most people don't realize is, one, these are actually all part of a single system. And they're all designed to work in a specific order, in a specific way. Curiosity is our foundational motivation. Why does it matter? We get focused for free. When you're curious about something, you don't have to burn a ton of energy to pay attention. Curiosity is literally designed to be cultivated into passion. Passion is designed to be attached to a purpose greater than ourselves. And there are biological reasons under all this, but that's once you have your purpose, then you need the autonomy, the freedom to pursue that purpose. Once you have the freedom to pursue your purpose, the system needs mastery, the skills to pursue that purpose well. Once you've gotten that path in, there are three tiers of goal setting that our biology demands. We're sort of goal-directed machines. And if you give the human body the right goals, it will do a lot of the work for you along the way, but you have to do it in a specific way. Once you've got your goals locked in, you need levels of grit. And there's six different kinds of levels of grit. And once you, like when you get, as you start to line this stuff up, as it start to be designed to work, you start getting way more flow. Flow is optimal performance, right? It's the state of consciousness where we feel our best, we perform our best. It's an enormous boost in motivation, productivity, creativity, learning, focus, grit, all the things that we're trying to work on get amplified in flow. So when you start lining up your intrinsic motivators and setting goals in the proper order and the way the system has been designed to work, you start really getting a lot of flow and everything gets turbo boosted. And finally, I'm not saying, none of these things I'm saying, it's not like your listeners, right? Like quick brain, they know, oh, intrinsic motivation. Okay, yeah, goals. I mean, these are things we've all heard about pieces of the puzzle. There are great books written on pieces of the puzzle. I've written a couple of those books, including books on flow. What we net, what neuroscience has done in the past five to 10 years is advanced to the point that we're like, oh crap, it's a whole system. It's a sequence. It's designed to all work together in a certain order. And if you can get everything right, then you really accelerate it. And that really is what most peak performers have figured out. We'll do a lot of this intuitively. Now we know enough to shortcut the process for everyone. Yeah, I think um, our listeners are very used to 
Um, they, they were supposed to flow with you on our stages and our podcast. I interviewed you for our chapter on flow and limitless. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to see that there's a syntax to success. And then the output is what performance, creativity. It's we're, these world class yeah. of the people that I, you work with. The way I, the way, I mean, you, so all peak performance works like compound interest, right? Little bit, little bit, little bit today, a little bit tomorrow, and it starts to blow up. But you gotta let's give simple examples. So high hard goals on on the goal setting frontier. We know you need a mission level. What Peter and I. Peter Diamandis and I called massively transformative purpose. You need mission level goals for your life. You need high hard goals. Mission level is I want to be a great, the greatest writer in the history of the universe. High hard goals is I want to get a degree in journalism. I want to write a book on learning, right? They're one to five year implements and they're meant to be said in a specific way. And then there are clear goals. Today's like to-do list and everything has to point in the same direction. Your today's to-do list goes toward high hard goals if you properly set them, we'll give you an 11 to 25% boost in motivation automatically. It's just the way the system works. So we get them right. There's a lot of those things along the way, right? So you're going to get all these micro boosts in motivation. I talk about what happens when you get all the, the motivation triad of, of goals, grit, and intrinsic motivation sort of stacked together. You develop the, what I call the habit of ferocity. This is the ability to automatically sort of rise to and lean into any challenge. And the example, the, the way to think about this is when you see it, and you've seen this in people, like, like amazing, you're probably a little bit like this, but world-class attackers, basically. When challenges rise up, they don't dither, they don't think about, they lean in instinctively, it happens automatically. The big deal here, most people, we get about five or six business challenges a day in any given business day. Most people will spend five to 10 minutes, a challenge sort of dithering, what's the best way in, should I do this? And they're gonna do it anyways, but they lose, doesn't, five minutes a challenge, it's five challenges a day, it's 25 minutes a day, but it's three and a half hours a week and it's three and a half weeks a year. So by having these things stacked up properly, for example, this is just one example because motivation is just where this stuff starts. But you know, this one example is saving you your three and a half weeks a year ahead of the competition just by doing this properly. So that's sort of what happens when you start getting everything really to work together in that way, I think. And then of course, flow, you know, if you're going by McKinsey's numbers on productivity, it's a 500% boost in productivity. The DOD found learning accelerates 240 plus percent in flow. Our research and a lot of other research, creativity goes up 400 to 700%. Grit, resilience, quality of life, meaning, satisfaction, all these things massively amplified in flow. So you're getting all this little bits along the way, and then you're getting way more reliable flow. And flow is this massive turbo boost, which is why when you see sort of like real Elon Musk or Peter Diamandis and you're like, how the hell do they get so much done so fast? It's because everything is designed to turbo boost itself and you're just getting positive feedback loop, positive feedback loop and you get a lot farther faster. All human beings, all mammals, again, have seven basic emotional systems. There are social emotions built on top of that, but there are seven systems and the seeking system which is most of what we're playing with in peak performance, it's a pretty, it's pretty well explored. We understand how it works and we understand how to get it to work for us. Um, so all this stuff is really baked in. It's baked in to all humans. And the 
here's what's crazy. Not only do I think we're hardwired to go big, but the proof that we're hardwired to go big is that not going big is actually bad for us, right? The system is designed to work in a certain way. There are eight major causes of depression. Two of them get all the attention. This is genetics or trauma. And yet it turns out genetics alone cannot cause depression. It's very, very rare. It's like 50% of the picture, but there's always other causes. And trauma, the other cause that pay, people pay a lot of attention to, as I'm sure you know, most of the time trauma leads to post-traumatic growth, not post-traumatic stress disorder, right? So as a general rule, while trauma is still traumatizing, most people end up overcoming and moving in a positive direction, doesn't actually lead towards anxiety and depression. The other six causes are, for example, lack of meaningful work is one of the six major causes of depression and anxiety. Now, one out of 10 adults is gonna be depressed over the next year, so it's a plague, right? Somebody kills themselves one every, once every 12 seconds today, which is insane, right? And lack of meaningful work is one of the six major reasons why. What does that actually mean under the hood? It means work that does not, that I'm not curious about, that does not align with my passion, that does not align with my purpose, that but there's no freedom to pursue it the way I want to pursue it. I don't have the chance to master any skills, so I'm not actually getting better at shit while I'm pursuing this work, and it's not producing flow. That's what we mean by lack of meaningful work. And you can take it one level down to these specific neurochemicals, right? It, but the point is that we are wired to work in a certain way. And Abraham Maslow put it this way. He said, whatever humans can be, they must be. And that like more and more seems to be true. And, you know, we've gotten, we've gotten a little away from that lately in terms of how we're living our lives, I think. And, um, but if we can re-tilt it and get it right, it doesn't seem like there are many limits. Yeah. Looking at your Limitless book behind you. And Limitless is, is where it's, it's not about, you know, it's, it's, it's not about being perfect, it's about advancing and advancing beyond what you believe is possible. Totally, yeah. And that's, I mean, my point is that over and over and over again, right? We have no idea what we're capable of. And, you know, the examples I like to give is like the early action sport athletes that I was studying, the first group of people I wrote about in Rise. These people, literally the, the 90s in action and adventure sport era is considered the great era of impossible. More things that nobody thought were ever going to be done in history were done. It, I mean, it was routine. And I knew these people, the men and women doing this. And as a general rule, they came from broken homes and horrific childhoods. They had very little education. They had very little money. There was a ton of drugs and alcohol in the community. Like if you were to bet against any particular group of people, right? This does not sound like a formula for we're going to reinvent the limits of our species. And that's exactly what happened. And it happened because they tapped into all the stuff that's in Art of Impossible. They overcame every single limitation that society says leads to jail or early death. And they reinvented what was possible for our species. And that's what you see over and over again in the literature on peak performance. Mm -hmm. That's right. Like, so if that's what's possible for everybody, we probably, you know, and I've seen it again and again and again. So hopefully that's the message in the book. It, it is. Highly recommend it. Go to is the art of impossible.com. 
highly recommended. And I would recommend everyone takes a screenshot of this episode and tag Stephen on social media and uh, tag myself. And here's the thing, when we, when we hear something, we get to learn it once, but when we share it, we teach it, we get to get to learn it again. And so share it with your fans, your followers, your family, your friends by posting it online. I will put all the links in our show notes as we always do at jimquake.com forward slash notes, as well as to Stephen's other books, as well as The Art of Impossible and his social media also as well. Stephen, thank you so much for being back on our show. Jim, thanks for having me. It's always great to see you. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your limitless book club where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour. Yeah, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.